Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It's drive time. Elliot Danker, Timothy Go and Draw TNTM with you. It's time now for Market View, where in a while we'll talk a little bit about Singpost. No, not because uh, the staff there are worried about Taylor Swift uh, ticket sales tomorrow, <laughs> but other things as well. Uh, plus, uh, quite a few news pieces to talk about. But first, closing bell. As always, a quick recap of how we started the day. Now, Singapore shares opened weaker today following overnight losses on Wall Street. So in early trade, the Straits Times Index, or the SDI, was down 0.2% to 3,179 points. Some 47 million securities changed hands across the broader market. Now, let's take a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 1.1%. We are looking at 3,150 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 1.09 billion sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 196 versus 338. Top advances for today, Shangri-La Hong Kong Dollars, Jardin Cycle and Carriage and UOL. And top decliners, DBS, GMHUSD and UOB. Now, in terms of companies to watch, yes, we have your favourite, Elliot. We have Singapore Post. And uh, that's after the government or the Singapore government said it will consider allowing SingPost to introduce postage rates adjustments to better reflect the cost of letter mill business. Now elsewhere from the latest Fed's uh, policy meeting minutes to Chinese investors rushing to make dollar deposits and buy Hong Kong insurance, we've got more international headlines in focus. Now for more market moves and views, let's speak to David Chow, Director of Azure Capital. David, welcome to the show. Hi, good evening team. Thanks for having me as usual. Hey, thanks for joining us on the show. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Okay, sure. Um, well, the local market uh, you know, was down today um, to the tune of 1%. I think uh, for two reasons, you know, which I believe to be you know, firstly, for the US traders, you know, returned yesterday from the Independence Day holiday you know, and started to push stock prices to the downside at the opening bell, you know, it's not a good sign to be to begin with ahead of the release of the uh, FOMC minutes, which, you know, when released seems to be pointing to more hikes. So this didn't help sentiment. And uh, secondly, there are lingering concerns about global growth with the European and China services PMI weaker than expected when they were released this week. And um, thirdly, earlier today, you know, the market actually received news of, you know, China banks, you know, hotting purchases of, you know, free trade zone bonds. You know, this is essentially an arrangement of, uh, you know, your local government financing vehicles by this uh, issuance of your free trade bonds, mm-hmm. which, you know, brings, you know, short-term refinancing risk of local government, you know, under the spotlight. So this actually spoke the market, you know, if you look at the uh, Hang Seng Index today, it actually fell, you know, to the north of uh, 2.5%, you know, so this actually sparked off a wave of risk aversion. All right, David, let's uh, zoom in on a company to watch, something Tian brought up just a while ago, SingPost. Uh, the Singapore government said it will consider allowing SingPost to introduce postage rate adjustments to better reflect the cost of letter mail business. Uh, so shares traded at a seven-week high, I believe. Uh, your thoughts on the road ahead for SingPost? Okay, uh, well, this is uh, certainly a good news for SingPost in a fairly long time. You know, if... Uh, if the proposed rise in parcel rates can materialize, uh, if I remember correctly, I think uh, you know this is the first time in its operating history that the uh, simple segment of power post and parcel actually recorded a full year loss. Uh, you know when it reported its results in early May. So uh, and from this uh, recent uh, full year financial results, you know the uh, post and parcel. Se- 
actually constituted uh, 28% of total revenue and recorded a loss of, you know, 16 million, you know, uh, loss in operating profit as compared to a profit of 25 million the year before. Um, in that earnings release, I think Simpose actually cited uh, uh, inflationary cost pressure arising from your labor, utility, fuel, and conveyance expenses, etc. So mm-hmm. this proposed rise in local rates, you know, uh, should mitigate some of these increased costs going forward. Um, but uh, I have my reservations because if we dive in a little bit deeper, the domestic revenue of the uh, post and parcel segment uh, would be 42% with international uh, parcel making up the other 58%. As such, uh, domestic parcel contribution to total revenue was only about uh, 11.8% of revenue. The proposed rate hike should move a bit of a needle, but not a lot in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, you know, uh, we have seen structural decline in uh, letter mail. Yeah. So um, the top line of this segment, you know, should still be pressured. So management, um, I would say, uh, should be still focusing uh, their attention uh, to grow other segments to mitigate this slowing segment. And uh, looking at the results, they certainly have done so in their logistics segments, which has grown from about 70, 60% of total revenue two mm. fiscal years ago to uh, last year 70 to 71% of you know total revenue. Yeah. And uh, this is also, uh, you're looking at full, full year logistic mm. revenue, it also has grown uh, in absolute number, 32%. So uh, this is uh, this is uh, definitely a good start. Right. Uh, and let's look at some of the international headlines that we have in store today, uh, David. Chinese investors reportedly they are running or rushing offshore to make dollar deposits. They are buying Hong Kong insurance. More pressure on the UN to come? Uh, well, uh, I think um, when I look at the uh, issue, the statement issued by the People's Bank of China, they actually use uh, the word panic. So, um, I mean, if it... It was me, I wouldn't have chosen the word panic uh, in my yeah. message to the market for sure. So it's a surprising remark to say the least because on the one hand, you know, they have a role to uh, calm the market. But on the other hand, uh, you know, their choice of, choice of words could certainly be made, uh, be made more appropriate here. Okay. If you're just tuning in, we're now speaking to David Chow, Director of Asia Capital. And aside from uh, China, which Asian mm-hmm. market should we watch out, David? Japan, perhaps, because we've seen top Asia IPO gainers in the country? Uh, I think uh, you are right. I mean, uh, Japanese equities have been on the tag in recent weeks uh, with domestic equity investors uh, like the topics hitting that trade high. So, uh, you know, different IPOs uh, listed at this period should outperform um, just, you know, this, this market is in a bull market now. So it's funny because uh, before this breakout performance, you know, we have risk appetite across our developed markets, you know, hammered badly, you know, by a rapid credit tightening, the US debt limit risk. And you know, uh, and a slew of uh, mediocre economic data across the region. So this probably drove many investors to Japanese equities, uh, which has exhibited you know uh, better economic prospects and firm corporate fundamentals. I mean, if you look at Japan economically, uh, Japan's mm-hmm. reopening has thus far been very supportive. For growth, you see, if you look at the uh, inbound visitors numbers, and you know, private consumption has continued to rebound steadily, even in real terms, and is now around I think 81, 91% of its pre-COVID trend. Mm. So uh, another sign that cons- cons- consumption fuel, you know, will not empty, so it's improving consumer confidence, which has hit the highest level since you know February this year as well. 
So, you know, this is on the economic side and on the corporate side, you know, we have seen very strong corporate balance sheet. So as of the end of uh, 2022, you know, close to 50% of Japan listed companies are net cash. So, and uh, despite the challenging external environment, you know, close to 55% of uh, Nikkei 225 constituents managed to either beat or deliver earnings mm. either in line with its expectations in the previous quarter. So as such, earnings estimates have also held up uh, well in uh, recent months. Okay. Now, um, let's take a look at what's happening over in the US, uh, David. The latest mm-hmm. Fed meeting minutes, uh, they were out um, early morning today, and it seems mm-hmm. like officials were split on the decision to stand pat last month as far as interest rates are concerned. Does that come as a surprise to you? It does come as a surprise for some market commentators. So, what are your peak rate expectations then? Okay, uh, the minutes certainly show a uh, division among FOMC members for various reasons. Um, and overall, from the, from the minutes, it's hard to tell exactly how many members wanted to hide versus mm. those who wanted to stay status quo as usual. So, uh, nonetheless, at the press conference uh, on June 14, as released uh, by the announcement, Powell said he actually wanted a more moderate pace. So, given the number of hikes uh, we had last year, you know, this could be interpreted as a signal to slow things down, but it's definitely not a rate cut as yet. And um, I think also in the show of uh, thought control, the minutes did not use the words, you know, skip or pause. So, uh, whatever it was in June, it was either a it, um, you know, I continue to have uh, my doubts about a second rate hike after July. So as long as uh, power, uh, you know, start to, sticks to a more moderate pace of the hiking cycle. Mm. Okay, and David, how would you describe the U.S. stock market performance for the first half of this year so far? Will tech stocks mm-hmm. continue to support any market rallies in the second half of the year? What about bank stocks? Because uh, we've seen the Bank of America announcing plans to raise dividend by 9% in the third quarter of this year. So um, your outlook ahead. Okay. Uh, well, the first six months uh, were definitely dominated by tech stocks with uh, NVIDIA topping, you know, S&P 500 mm. stocks. And then you have your meta platforms uh, going over 100% and Tesla gaining, you know, 100 plus percent. You know, and Apple even closed with a 3 trillion market valuation for the first time as, you know, investors just powering bets on AI, you know, which has, you know, become the latest market darling this year. So, um, and uh, there's been a disconnect from the uh, large cap tech stocks, you know, represented in the NASDAQ 100 uh, as well, you know, not just the general S&P 500 in, index to the uh, 10-year U.S. bond yields. As yields trended higher, you know, throughout uh, this year, since touching a low of 1.8% uh, in 2020, uh, you know, one would expect stocks in general to come down, you know, going by conventional stock market behavior, but not the stock market this time around. Um, still looking at the performance of the Nasdaq 100 and S&P 500, we see a completely different story with the uh, Nasdaq mm. 100 you know, actually going up by more than 30%, the S&P by over 10%. This is a very uh, special performance for these two indices, you know, which are traditionally geared to the economic cycle, you know, and you know, and where the overall look for growth is slowing. The outperformance of US markets have been even more remarkable given mm. that we have to navigate, you know, this regional banking crisis during March, which caused a sharp pullback. But uh, if you look closely at what has driven this such in both these investors, you know, the picture is a bit worrying because it's driven by only a small cohort of companies, yeah. which means a failure to deliver on investor expectations could see things turn ugly very quickly. Mm-hmm. And um, if you exclude the lights of these big caps, uh, also you know, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Alphabet, then we have a classic case of tech 
a bit of tap bubble when it comes to the uh, U.S. markets. So hopefully, uh, you know, other sectors uh, could, you know, uh, rally. So this will lead to a broad-based mm. uh, broad-based rallies. So uh, if we look at the sub-sectors, uh, while we see the industry sectors have beginning to turn up, uh, some sectors continue to lag, uh, but there are early right. signs that other sectors are starting to rally, you know, like mm. the material sector. So hopefully with this uh, news of the banking sector, you know, the banking sector could take charge mm. and, you know, see it move and support the overall market rally. All right, and hopefully we'll see a broad-based rally later half of this year. Thanks a lot, David. That was David Chow, Director of Azure Capital. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.